2: So, Albie, there's been a... I don't know if you heard it today or if I told you, but there's been a spate of listeners to my radio show who have been calling in and complaining about the newscast. So, I've, it's always been occasionally. Okay. Our news is essentially it's CBS News. We're, we were an old CBS station, so it's a CBS News. I think that's probably where we get the cuts and a lot of the copy from, between that and the AP, probably. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the guys probably... I don't know their process, but usually, uh, radio news people also write off of local media, so they'll write off of a Hartford Current story or a Journal Inquirer mm-hmm. story, uh, you know, with attribution, etc. Um, so they, I get calls it complaining. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting thing to to be to 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 experience. Um. So caller today, everybody thinks the news, our news is um, biased and left-wing slanted. And copy-wise, I assume it is. I've never heard radio news that isn't, um, right. other than Fox News. Um, but uh, but so, so uh, the, today I had a particular caller. This guy was really into it. He said, first of all, programming your show, you guys have an obligation to make sure that the news people stay honest because it's the shows that make all the money. So you have all the power in the building. He said. So it's up to you. You, I have a responsibility, and everybody else, and to do that. And he said. Um, and he said. Um, yeah,
3: that's my main impression of you at Odyssey is that you hold a lot of sway
2: over yeah. goings on. Well, and then he said that because you can't have it denigrates from the whole thing. If, if there's untruths being said at the top and bottom of the hour for mm-hmm. the news. So, and that, in fact, I should have Morgan Cunningham, who's the morning news guy, have him on the air to answer from listeners who are mad at his news. <laughs> so I mean, I don't hate
3: the idea, but I don't. Well,
2: it would be good programming. There's no doubt about that. I don't
3: think but, you have the power to order him to well, come it's answer not even, to the listeners. Here's the
2: thing, that it's not about the power. And I tried to tell people... This. I try to be as honest as possible and tell people that I'm dodging this question generally. And I'm dodging the question because I have like if you're on the air and, and I real and I understand this. Even when I worked 20 years ago at WRKO, people had the same problem. I have a whole world of stuff happening. And the last thing that I would do at this moment is to start some civil war against a news guy who I like, as a matter of fact, I don't listen to the news. I hardly ever listen to our news because I'm doing some jamming or I'm running downstairs to make a salad or something or I'm doing so, you know, I never, but even if I did, even if we have all slanted news, like what does it do for me to start trouble in the building with the news guy? I'm sure people the inside baseball stuff would be fascinating for people. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, these guys aren't complaining to management about me, and I'm not like just as employee number a three hundred five six nine. I'm not going to complain mm-hmm. about a three hundred five six eight because, I mean, we're it's we're radio. We're trying to stay afloat. I have my own things, my own challenges that I'm that I do on the show, and it's I just find it very interesting that that it, that that people a lot of times just. And I was the same way when I was a listener. I was like, oh, I can't believe Howie Carr lets the news people do it. It's like...
3: Well, yeah, but that's because people think Howie Carr, like, runs the station.
2: Right. But but Howie had no sway with the news. Right. It's just how it was. And these are two different departments. And like, I, I... I have things that... Other challenges. At work. You know, with my own manager, etc. That I'm... You know, work... My world at the station is the time I'm on the air. That is it. Right. It's not the Cars for Kids song playing, which it doesn't actually on our station. And it's not the PSAs and it's not this this and that or there's a whole bunch of stuff in our the guy who owns this radio station, David Field, is a very progressive guy.
3: Right, so if was going to take somebody's side, it wouldn't be yours, probably, in the battle over the ideological bent of the news. First of all, nobody
2: would... This is not the time... 2023 is not the time to say, you know what this station needs to do. And also, people listen to the station for the news as well. That is absolutely right. People still count on, especially our demo, the top and bottom, to get their news, traffic, Mm -hmm. weather, sports. They do. I know that, you know, people who are a lot younger don't but also there are advertisers who only want to advertise within the news because they don't want trouble right but i think it's very interesting and i and i think what people miss and by the way even though i find myself during these phone calls twisting sometimes and and um bobbing and weaving or sometimes just straight up saying i'm not going to answer that just for self-preservation reasons I don't mind the calls because I think they're actually good content because I think people are like, "Wow, oh, here we go," mm-hmm. you know. You're 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 getting the host to like feel uncomfortable and and you know start to um, you know play defense a little bit and and cower a little. Well, not cower, I guess, but no, I do. I cower, but I disclose that I'm cowering. Mm-hmm. And so I think that people are seeing people like that because it's very real. And I'm a radio fan first and foremost, so I like that too. Yep. But like this, this idea that you have to try to put yourself in somebody else's in somebody else's shoes, like you know, if, if you go to the guy who's the director of Northeast operations for Dunkin' Donuts and tell him that you and all your friends really hate that it's now Dunkin' and not Dunkin' Donuts, he may feel the same. He may agree with you, but he has got a universe of stuff that you can't imagine, right? So, uh so it's just, once again, people can't imagine. And like, I'm mean, I trying to think, I, I don't really, I don't really do it myself. I'm Doing the news is a hard thing. It's not easy doing the news. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, but,
3: like, the Cars for Kids example is a perfect example, too, because when you used to be on radio stations that did play that all the time, you had people, friends and relatives mm-hmm. who would say to you, can't you do something about that?
2: Right. And, and
3: it's, like, not your universe.
2: Well, no. And like, and, like, in the building, you know, I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to go, you know, I was trying to get promoter. I was trying to get a, better jobs in programming and eventually try to be on the air and so, like for instance, the cars for kids is a great one because half the thing I did as executive producer is you're dealing with sales; you're the go-between of sales and what goes on the air. Mm-hmm. So, the in traffic, in traffic, in in um, a radio station, traffic they traffic the commercials. In other words, the people who put the commercials, the salespeople sell these spots, um, and production people record the spots. And that that and they get these the instructions on what to record, et cetera, from sales. These are production orders. And then the last stage is the spots have to be trafficked into the programming day. Every day is logged, and that's what traffic does. Mm-hmm. So my job was to make sure traffic got me the copy. Traffic's job was to make sure I got the copy on air so it was running. So when they could tell the salespeople, they they give the salespeople a report saying that your spot ran this time, just many times a day, and etc. So the salespeople could show the client, that, look, your spot is running. My problem would be as if something happened with some of the with the, some of the copy or a spot was wrong or out of date, and this and that. It, that's that's the whole world of stuff. Because anytime you're running or you miss a spot, then it's a make good, and you have a make good, then you're stealing another piece of avail, avail they call them, an availability, and you're losing money. Right. So. That's what the station cares about. Now, the Cars for Kids spot was part of a network spot. So when you take a show, for instance, if you take a show like we used to at RKO, like the Glenn Beck Show or Michael Savage Show, when you take that show, those companies who gives you the, the Michael Savage Show, back then it was Talk Radio Network, TRN, they say, okay, you can have Michael Savage Show. All we want is the first four spots in the show, and the fifth one you guys can sell. In a stop set. That's a commercial break. Mm-hmm. Fifth one, you guys can sell. Or we want you to run this other spot, um, you know, different day parts. The Cars for Kids, I think, was part of ABC because we had ABC mm-hmm. News that we, we would use for in con- conjunction with our local news. So Cars for Kids was an ABC spot that that the ABC radio networks would say, okay, we want you to run this spot that they're getting paid a lot of money to play.
3: Right, as a part of a whole big
2: deal that has
3: happened that you're not even privy to necessarily.
2: Exactly, exactly. So the Cars for Kids spot was coming usually through ABC, sometimes Mm -hmm. within ABC programming, but we had to run it because of ABC. ABC provided all of our special programming, all of the overnight news, uh, twice an hour was part of um, was part of the news actualities that you'd hear. You'd hear the mm-hmm. ABC News correspondent from the White House in this. Now, anytime the president spoke, it was a hosted, uh, an anchored ABC News special. This was all coming through satellite. They offered all the, the holiday programming was through ABC News, all of the special programming through ABC News, anything. You also had um, prep service came through ABC. You were getting hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff from ABC News. In order to just play their stuff, their content, right. and have their content, the prep service, all of the so for then somebody to say to me, "Tom, run it up the flagpole that you don't want to play ABC's Annoying Cars for Kids spot." That is a conversation to that would make you relegate you to the, the most unserious person in programming in that meeting immediately. To say that's the that's every that's what you're coming to us with. People don't like a spot of all the spots we play mm-hmm. of all the content ABC gives us. We're gonna raise hell over that. And ABC right. had a way of knowing which spots you weren't playing too, or if you played a spot out of out of uh, order or out of date. Mm-hmm. They could tell somehow it was watermarked. They could tell it was happening. So I'd get an email immediately. <laughs> Why is this playing that? Why doesn't? Um. So like it's a. It seems easy, but there's a whole lot more to it. I, I'll give you a way in which I do it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why there's an NPR anymore. I don't understand why a Republican president doesn't just say, okay, it's been fun, sayonara, cut it. Right. But there's a whole world of stuff. It, in, killing NPR, even though I would want to kill it, would create a quagmire like the Vietnam War. <laughs> it would. Because though NPR, all the big troublemaking NPR uh, stations... Are are self sufficient mm-hmm. and probably don't need government money, right? They would still cry bloody murder because they want government money. Of course they do. And the smaller markets still need government money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the one the station in Barry, Vermont is not billing enough for that FM content that they have, yeah,
3: whereas WGBH, I'm sure, it
2: is. Oh, GBH is totally uh, yes, in ninety point nine in Boston and the the New Yorker Channel or whatever is
3: mm-hmm. is
2: absolutely. So that's a whole world of stuff to get into. And and I think that like I mean you're you do email marketing. It's the same thing with mm-hmm. you and and that's the worst thing. And I'm actually get anxious when I think about meetings that have to do with web stuff cuz everybody's an expert at look and feel mm-hmm. and you know marketing slogans whatever. And what I found anyway was back when I was doing in radio doing web stuff is everybody people who knew nothing about what functionality took and what you'd have to do to get something to happen. Like we wanted some kind of random number generator or whatever that would uh, pick a contest winner like every day, it's things like that. It's like, and they want to see it in the bottom of the email blast. That way people get the emails are only, if you're on the email, can you get eligible for this and it generates a random thing to win. Mm-hmm. And then there's a call to action to make sure the person actually reads their email so that the sponsor sees that eyes have been on them, et cetera. And, like, the the piece of coding and the hours, first of all, it's a heartbreaking headache. Our guys yeah. were terrible. We had nobody in-house doing it. And also, it's, like, it's expensive. But, you know, people in meetings are like, oh, we'll just have a thing. See if you can do random numbers. And it's all on you because nobody understands what it is. Right. But, like, people, it's easy to say you want stuff and, and like, say, so, you know, just change that. You know, just go in there and punch the news guy in the head. You know, it's all <laughs> easy to say. But until you're in the universe it's not as easy to do
3: right cuz there every i mean every job in every universe of every industry has that has like the whole host of things that you would never even realize are happening if you're not in that industry but yeah there there are certain ones that definitely attract um more commentary and like self-styled experts from completely outside and um yeah that's for sure one of them and i think too because you are you're reachable, right? You're on the air and there's a phone number that you're giving out to call.
4: You're
2: exactly so, right.
3: So anybody can call up and just yes. voice their opinions on what's going on at the radio station. Yes, and, and it's,
2: it generally it's not... the Those calls aren't generally meticulously screened away for whatever reason. Uh, so you're right. So I am the guy, and I'm ostensibly telling the truth while I'm on. So it is kind of mm-hmm. interesting because it is... It's a little bit uncomfortable, but I do say, all right, I'm going to be dodging this question Mm -hmm. for you, for, you know. So,
3: yeah. So, fortunately, in my work life, and I have been a a customer-facing person before, but I'm not customer-facing, so I don't have to take calls from people who have a problem with something. But, yeah, you're right. There are always, you know, people who want things done a certain way because it would be, because they are getting calls from customers and...
2: It, well, it can't cu- be done yeah. that way. <laughs> but Remember, Alice, I'm customer facing. I'm not right. customer service.
3: No, you're not. But, right. but you function as a customer service because there's not a make complaints about the radio station number. But you well, sit on the air. There all is, day. but
2: there's much better validation as a caller if you can do it through me. Well, so that, and, that...
3: and you have to go looking for that number. You are giving out a different number to call
4: mm-hmm.
3: on the air, saying it a bunch of times per hour. Yes. And that's an easy number. You don't have to go looking for a complaints number to call or the program director's email, which some people do do that also, but you know, it's much easier to call the number that the person says on the air all day long than it is to go looking for like whoever's actually in charge of that.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And once again, it's the good to not be in customer service because I can really I have total autonomy, which is another reason why I'm not going to cause where I'm not going to cause a rift between me and the news department. One, we're all on radio, and it, it, radio is not in its prime. If anybody hasn't noticed, um, and we're all lucky to be employed, to, employed, and to have a news department at all, right? And to have local programming at all, somebody's actually paying us. If, if people haven't noticed, uh, Odyssey stock is a little bit low at the moment. Um, mm. so so right, it's not like this. This is not that. It, it's not. It, it just it just wouldn't wouldn't do it. But also I, I essentially go in there and talk about essentially whatever I want to, right? Whatever I want to for as long as I want to with no safeguards. I talk about stuff that if I were in the Boston market, I think I would have been canceled a long time ago. There's almost nothing I leave on the table. There's like, there's a little sensitivity in Connecticut to some of the residual trauma that exists from Sandy hook. Um, and so you know I I'm careful to 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 Around, be sensitive like Alex
3: Jones and stuff.
2: Well, I don't I mean also I just don't care for Alex Jones. I, it means nothing to me. I'm careful to I don't want to um, I don't want to re-traumatize you right. know that community just that's, that's you know still getting over that. You know and when I say that I mean like I wouldn't play like actualities of the shooting you know, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, but um, but anyway, yeah, I want to talk about that. But by the way, if you guys have any questions about radio at all, um, I have been doing it now for about 20 years. So in one way or another, in one capacity or another, to one degree of success or another, um, I'm happy you can you always leave those messages in the chat chat or just ask, I guess, just email as well. And I'll do as much inside uh, baseball as, as well. Um, Okay, I did want to get to uh, just exactly where we are once again. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about people who love uh, Hamas, but I do want to spend a little bit of time. This is the Oakland City Council last night. They voted on a resolution to call for a ceasefire. Council member tried to insert language... Condemning Hamas, and the following is the reaction. There's
0: not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas
2: a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing
0: everything possible to combat. I support the... That's
2: about a high school age girl right there. So right there.
0: I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance. As an Arab asking with this context to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist. The notion that this
3: was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. Many of those killed on October Thank 7th, you, your time is up. including children were killed by the IDF. An amendment condemning Hamas
2: is bald propaganda meant to... A- Thank you, your time is up.
4: To hear them complain about Hamas violence Is like listening to a wife-beater complain when his wife finally stands up and fights back.
0: Question. Did anyone else notice that those who oppose this resolution are old white supremacists?
5: There's been a lot of atrocity propaganda raging from claims of beheaded babies to mass rape.
3: Hamas is not a terrorist organization just because
0: the U.S. and Israel um, deems it so. Hamas is a resistance organization that is fighting for the liberation of Palestinian people and their land.
2: So um so that's Oakland, USA. Where is the how does one fix this? What can be done uh, at this point?
3: I don't know. I don't know. Ban TikTok? This, this, <laughs> I mean like can we? Cuz not only
2: some the- of those people people are are old, but most were on the younger side.
3: Yeah, I mean, so, and there are some old, like, I think it's kind of the code pink contingent that are all for Hamas Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, because that helps them justify the fact. It's it's hard to justify the fact that you think no war can ever be good, ever, 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 if you face the reality of what some people want to do, if you let them. But... Right? So, it's hard to... If you believe what Hamas does and did, then it's hard to argue. It makes it harder to argue for a ceasefire. Right. So in some way, in order to justify your position that Israel should stop what they're doing and the United States shouldn't help them, that the United States should try and get them to stop. Like if that's your position, then you almost have to kind of do some gymnastics around what happened on October 7th and all the other things Hamas routinely does. Right. Well, because you can't. You can't justify backing down to a group that does things like that, so that you that's why that you end up with the conspiracy theories so there are people that start from the fact that they think no war is ever justified and work backwards into liking Hamas, and then there are people that start from liking Hamas right so there there's multiple different things yeah, but happening else
2: is it any? It, it, does it even get that far? Isn't it ha- it Isn't the, o- the only level of forensics that, that's done is determining who is the oppressed and who is the oppressor? And everything else will work from there. Obviously, the oppressor will be fabricating beheaded babies, etc. The oppressor is guilty of everything, no matter what. And if the oppressed did something, once again, that's the wife finally finding back against the husband. Mm-hmm. This is a Wall Street Journal. So I
3: think I think it, but like I say, I think it goes in both directions. I think there are people that have decided that Israel's is a bad guy and Hamas is a good guy, so anything Hamas does is okay. But I also think there are people who worked backwards to get there from the idea that they don't like the code pink type people, which I think tends to be more the older people. Mm -hmm. involved, right, who think that the U.S. is just, you know, helping Israel do this to the poor Palestinians because we want oil or something. They're, like, still in this mindset of everything the United States does in the Middle East is just selfish United States stuff, right?
2: Yeah, but isn't isn't that because, of course, we're a colonizer and oppressor? I mean,
3: maybe, but then they have to work backwards because if you see the reality of what happened on October 7th, then you you have to realize that you have to do something about that, right? Like it, It's like the same with the people who didn't want America involved in World War II, right? It, you can't... It becomes harder to justify. The more stuff Hitler does, it becomes harder to justify the U.S. staying out of it for a longer time, right?
2: Well, right. And I, I guess so, if you define like, somebody as so an ally, then you're mm-hmm. going to go to the mat. So with um, Roman Polanski, with Wolfie people Goldberg, what wasn't rape-rape.
3: Right right so you know i think it just depends on people but i do think tiktok is answerable for it and like we've seen a few of these tiktok trends there's the one there's obviously a ton of pro-palestinian anti-israel content on there there's the osama bin laden stuff that happened and we never really talked about this but there then became a media narrative that that was like overblown or something um which is really not the case and like a bunch of people pointed out any like anytime like a disney movie comes out where they've race swapped a bunch of people and you know there's like two twitter accounts with 17 followers who have said something racist about it the left turns it into like a cottage industry of articles about how racist the right is and this was like hundreds and thousands of people with millions of impressions so even though i I mean, I agree. I don't think it's hugely widespread on the left to love Bin Laden. I mean, it's certainly uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's certainly a lot more widespread than a lot of fringy things are on the right. I would say it's it was. I would say it's not. I don't think your standard issue leftist friend who voted for Joe Biden is like pro Bin Laden. Yeah, generally but a standard speaking. issue
2: leftist friend is. Uh, I think you have to. I think you have to separate a Joe Biden voter is not. Yeah. But leftist is not pal. It was not passionate about Joe Biden.
3: Right. So, I mean, I, I don't know how big it is, but clearly too big. Um, Then you have this latest thing where have you seen that a bunch of completely wacko leftists have decided to like convert to Islam and start reading the Quran? Yes. Have you seen those videos? Do we have this? Yeah, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. But yeah, I mean like they're, it's funny because it's a total like horseshoe theory thing where they've swung all the way around into like rejecting religion so completely that they've managed to find their way now to the most authoritarian hardcore like strict misogynist religion that exists on planet earth and they've worked their way backwards into that a bunch of like non-binary people and people with like rainbows in their profiles and it's sort of been this has been a joke on the right for a while like oh well go to palestine with your rainbow flag and see how things go right Right. but it's actually something that they're now unironically doing which once again it's a tiktok trend How big does that mean it is out there, like, in real life? I'm not 100% sure. But, I mean, clearly big enough that there's people on TikTok doing it. So, you know, bigger than I would want it to be. It's just interesting because I I do think that a lot of those people, like, haven't been exposed to religions at
2: all. Oh, Oh, totally. This is the Wall Street Journal. This is Douglas Belkin and Melissa Korn wrote this. Gaza protests at colleges open a generational divide. Young activists often see the world as split between the oppressed and their oppressors, and their views are markedly different than those of older Americans. Now, somewhere in the lead here, Alice, I want you to tell me where your first red flag uh, arrives from. Three years ago, Aaron Mullen arrived at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, exhausted by the pandemic and without any appetite for political demonstrations. Nothing so far? Sorry. What's the first problem? First problem is, Erin Mullen arrived at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. (laughs) Last month, she sat in a holding cell in an Amherst jail with her hands cuffed behind her back. One of 57 students arrested while protesting the conflict in Gaza. Mullen is white. Her parents were raised Catholic, and she grew up in an upper middle-class Boston suburb. Naturally. (laughs) Her political awakening, along with those of tens of thousands of her generation now enrolled at college, is fueling a surge of campus unrest not seen since the Vietnam War. A wave of pro Palestinian protests has swept college campuses, leading to heightened tensions, counter protests, and in some cases, violence. The conflict has also exposed a generational divide, with many older Americans surprised at the protest's scope and intensity. Mullen and other pro Palestinian college demonstrators say their activism is rooted in deeply held conviction that the world is divided between the oppressed and their oppressors. Mm -hmm. That view frames the suffering of an array of populations, they say, including low-income families being evicted from their homes, black and brown people who encounter brutal treatment by the police. Migrants turned away from safe haven at the border, and in the current conflict, a Palestinian struggling to wrest control of the territory from the Israelis. Listen to, we'll hear Aaron Mullen right here, who's 21 years old. Gaza is not a two-sided war, said Mullen, who's 21. What is happening is the resistance of the oppressed against their oppressor. So it's that simple. That's that's the entire construct of worldview of what's good and evil is simply that. That's all. It's cut down to that. Mm-hmm. And by that, you can judge anybody, anybody at all. Right. At all. So by and that, that's... a woman who gets raped in the middle of the street, mm-hmm. depending on who raped her, might be culpable of that herself.
3: Right. And that's all. It should be noted, A an outgrowth of Marxism. Right. Uh, This idea that, and this is the whole conceit of Marxism, is that there are different groups, you know, like the bourgeoisie and the proletariat and whoever, and that, like, they, by nature, one will rise up and overcome the other over time, that the political system will evolve and one will you know, overpower the other, that people are in these groups, right? And the the groups, what the group does matters, not what the individual does, right? So that's the whole, that's, you know, an outgrowth of Marxist thought, really. But yeah, but I I think there are older hippies, too, who are just like, who think there's no reason to have any war ever. And so they have to justify that position by that. Tommy in the chat says, points out that in that recording, that there's, um, that it's all women.
2: Well, except Talk, for one, yes. Talking about um, yes,
3: <laughs> talking about Palestine and how great and how we can't condemn. them. a great Hamas. point.
2: Mostly, youngish women and one old guy.
3: Hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, I do think it's telling. I think you know, women are. Isn't that like a thing in Orwell too? That like, women are always at the forefront of the cultural revolution. I'm going to yeah. have
2: to brush up on Orwell. Else, okay. meaning what? Meaning what? Meaning what?
3: Meaning that women are always at the front. No, of these, what I'm saying like, is I'm, when I
2: say I'm going to have to brush up on Orwell... You'll
3: have to read it for the first time? Correct. Okay.
2: Um, okay, another thing I want to get to, if that's okay. Do you mind if I move on? Let's go. Black Lives Matter, Rhode Island, co-founder Mark Fisher is supporting Donald John Trump. Black Lives
4: Matter, Rhode Island, Mark Fisher. Mark, thanks so much for joining the program. Um, you know, This is my favorite story of the day because it identifies with what I've seen in the barbershop. All the brothers, for some reason right now, are turning tides right now, and I, I just wonder what is the big reason?
5: I think personally, it's the duplicity of the Democrats, mm. the hypocrisy. Um, we're not stupid. The brothers are not stupid. We we understand when someone's for us and when someone is not, and it's obvious that the Democratic Party is not for us. Yeah, I, I can't their, party, their, their policies actually strike at the heart of the black family and the nuclear family. Yeah, so. You I don't know,
2: know how he got the gig at BLM, because supposedly he therefore against that. We're
4: part of Black Lives Matter. Uh, you founded it there. And now you're saying, you're, you're not saying the entire Republican Party. You're saying Donald Trump. So what is it about Donald Trump? Is it the economics? Uh, you noted the black family. What is it going to take for him to sure up this support amongst uh, black voters?
5: Well, I just, I just think that it's going to take information. A lot of people are misinformed. They don't really understand because they don't educate themselves on, on Donald Trump as a person and his history. Um, but if they do that and it's going to take, you know, leaders, educated leaders getting the word out there. Um, I think that it, it'll happen on its own and it'll be organic because, um, personally, I love the man. I mean, how could you not?
3: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
5: Like, if, <laughs> a real man, uh, how could you not relate to someone like that?
2: <clears throat> so there you go. So uh, that is not something that the left wants to be hearing whatsoever. No. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I love the- There is something to be said for... Trump just getting piled on. And there's and I think that it's a it's a man thing where men see that and they say f that. I mean f that. Mm-hmm. It's unsportsmanlike for him to have to take this kind of beating and it's cheap ass and I think people are like no. Breaking video footage of senior Pentagon official uh Stephen hovanek getting arrested in connection to an alleged human trafficking ring has been released. Uh, An undercover video footage. Havanic is seen soliciting sex from an undercover agent, but claims he was simply getting a massage. He was the chief of staff for the the America's division of the Department of Defense Education Activity. He was arrested with 26 others in the human trafficking sting. Now, is this going to be part of the one that includes famous people? Is that a different one?
3: No, this is just its own sting. I mean, I personally think if I have to... Have like fake phishing emails from my own internal IT department every few months where I have to not be tricked into clicking the bad link so that they know I'm not gonna expose our organization to cybercrime. Um, I think that everybody who works in the government, just in the interest of not having people be blackmailable, mm-hmm. should like routinely be offered like prostitution services from underage people like as a sting oh, yes. operation. Oh, yeah,
2: I see. I an actual. No, oh, wow.
3: no, like, but just to test them, yeah. to make sure, to just always have them never exposed like that. Yes. And to keep everyone out of government who would ever accept that because clearly there's a huge problem with it. And I'm sure it extends to other people outside the government too, but I would like at least government officials to not be blackmailable in that way. So I think that they should just have that all the time as a regular thing. That like don't wait till somebody's under suspicion. Just like once a quarter, they should have a surprise, absolutely fake sting attack where they the have bust. to where they have to make sure they're turning down the offer.
2: Yeah, let's listen to the bust.
4: Wata County Sheriff's Office released their motel video of Stephen Hovenick and an undercover officer during a human trafficking sting, November fifteenth. During his arrest, he claimed that he was at the hotel to get a massage. Deputies say. His interaction with the undercover officer raises questions about that claim. So What's up? <laughs> Steve, by the way, hey, so nice. nice to meet you. So, you? Thank, you. I miss her so. Thank
3: you.
2: you not a nice shower before you got I appreciate it. So I'm
4: not here and shower. <laughs> Hovenick has been identified as the chief of <laughs> staff for all military schools in the U.S. and oversees the education. He was gentlemanly, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: There you go. Not guilty. Just kidding.
3: Makes me nervous. He was in charge of schools?
2: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But no. I, I have you ever ordered a, a prostitute to a never. hotel room? I have not either. I, I would think that it would be um, high pressure.
3: I'm very glad that I don't have to worry about
2: that. Yeah. Daily Mail Online female air passenger who forcibly performed oral sex on man sitting next to her before he stopped resisting <laughs> is escorted off jet to cheers from fellow passengers after the flight lands in Moscow. So, I, I, and this is a blonde lady, you would say fairly attractive, right?
3: I'll let you be the judge of that, but yeah, I think she probably wouldn't put, encounter that much resistance if you were her seatmate.
2: Well, I mean, I'm <laughs> a man of uh, towering morals, so obviously I... Uh, let me tell you I am m- more angry at the guy who claimed that he was forced.
3: <laughs> she was also vaping on the plane. She claims alcohol was a factor before this flight. <laughs> she was uh vaping and they were asking her to stop and yeah. she was not nice about it and um
2: I'm telling you this that the the She was removed from the plane eventually. St- The set of muscles that a man has, generally, a man does not train to...
3: Fight off that type of attack? That's correct.
2: (laughs) That's correct. No, uh, no. In fact, yeah. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, But uh, you know what? It's his lived experience, so that's fine. (laughs) Alice, unless you want to uh, do something else, it's time for the hot. I had a couple quick things that I wanted
3: to get to. One is this incredible story from the Wall Street Journal. Did you see this today about Instagram? No. So basically, remember the thing that um, that Media Matters did to Twitter, where they like made a bunch of accounts and like follow, and so that they could find to put
2: ads for Nazis or Nazi
3: content, right? So. The Wall Street Journal did something similar on Instagram where they used, you know, the Instagram reels, those little videos. So basically, the Wall Street Journal wanted to determine if, um, like, what Instagram's reels would show you if you followed. a bunch of uh, young gymnasts, cheerleaders, and other teen and preteen influencers active on the platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, Instagram's system served jarring doses, according to the Wall Street Journal, of salacious content to those test accounts, including risque footage of children as well as overtly sexual adult videos and ads for some of the biggest U.S.
2: brands. But do they have ads on Instagram? Yeah. Do they? Oh.
3: The Wall Street Journal set up test accounts. Well, do after- you, have, you
2: have Instagram, right? Yes. So what happens what, when you turn yours on, what do you see? I mean, all kinds of
3: stuff. I don't know. Mine's but, like all
2: chicks. Pretty Well, much.
3: yeah, because you've probably followed models and stuff. Yeah. Because i a- mean, hmm The Wall Street Journal set up test accounts after observing that thousands of followers of such young people's Twitter accounts, so that's young, teen gymnasts, cheerleaders, and other, like, young influencers... Um, Hundreds and thousands of followers of such young people's accounts often include large numbers of adult men and that many of the accounts who follow those children had also demonstrated interest in sex content related to both children and adults. The Wall Street Journal also tested what the algorithm would recommend after its accounts followed some of those users as well, which produced more disturbing content interspersed with ads. In a stream of videos recommended by Instagram, an ad for dating app Bumble appeared between a video of someone stroking the face of a life-size latex doll and a video of a young girl with a digitally obscured face lifting up her skirt to expose her midriff. Jesus! In another, a Pizza Hut commercial followed a video of a man lying on a bed with with his arm around what the caption said was a 10-year-old girl.
2: Holy hell, man. I know. That is not the on Canadian, my feed. The Canadian all, Center for uh, Child
3: yeah. Protection, a child protection group, separately ran a similar test on its own with similar results. Meta said that the journal's test produced a manufactured experience that doesn't represent what billions of other users see. The company declined to comment on why the algorithms compiled streams of separate videos showing children's sex and advertisements, but a spokesman said in October that it introduced new brand safety tools that give advertisers greater control over where their ads appear. Um, and that Instagram either removes or reduces the prominence of 4 million videos each month suspected of violating its standards. The journal reported in June that algorithms run by Meta, which owns both Facebook and Instagram, connected large communities of users interested in pedophilic content. The Meta spokesman said a task force set up after the journal's article has expanded its automated systems for detecting users who behave suspiciously, taking down tens of thousands of such accounts each month. This is why I say we need to just... Like sting everybody mm. proactively. The company is also participating in a new industry coalition to share signs of potential child exploitation. Companies whose ads appear beside inappropriate content in the journal's tests include Disney, Walmart, Match, Hymns, the Wall Street Journal itself. Most brand name retailers uh, require that their advertising not run next to sexual or explicit content. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, I don't know. Basically, any advertising that you put online, you can get to show up against terrible content. But um, I think, yeah, that
2: uh, so, a- that would be tough. But I mean, that is
3: Match. dot Um, has canceled some of their meta advertising in hmm. response. this, but it, I would think it's probably worse with the dating brands. Uh, Walmart, Pizza Hut declined to comment. Um, the journal said it was alarmed that its ad appeared next to a video of an apparent adult sex act and it would demand action from Meta Meta created reels to compete with TikTok blah 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 Um, I mean but the, this article just goes on and on so it's what's really fascinating to me is that um, you know there, there doesn't appear the, because the algorithm just keeps serving people stuff they're interested mm-hmm. in I mean, obviously, it's user-driven, but there are clearly thousands of people out there who are interested in some pretty hideous stuff.
2: Yeah, let me take a look at mine again. See, how, see how shady it is. Um, mm-hmm. Instagram.
3: Well, but it obviously it depends what you follow and look at.
2: So, too. okay, so there, there, there's there are models here, but there's also David Spade, Danny DeVito, mm-hmm. Sopranos. That's great. Um, Portnoy Pizza. And some general food, right? And there's Adam Sandler. There mm-hmm. we go. Nothing arrestable, thankfully. Yeah,
3: I see a lot of Taylor Swift on mine.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
3: Like, not on, on mine answer. though. Okay.
2: Alice, what's a? Oh, you have another one?
3: Um, yeah. The other thing I I wanted to mention is this article in the New Yorker this week, um, that the left is you having an existential crisis about uh, having children because of climate change.
0: Oh,
3: so the the New Yorker, they reviewed two recent books, The Quickening and The Parenthood Dilemma, that both consider the ethics of procreation in the age of man-made climate change, the morality of having kids in a burning, drowning world. And
2: she says, imagine living like that. To me, that's that's mm-hmm. lesser oppressor and oppressed than psychotropic.
3: Right. So this person talks about how um, they never wanted to have kids because of climate change, and now they have two. But she said, this is often how it goes. There is the crystalline uncertainty of the structure and dynamics of the climate system. As limpid as an aquamarine sea, a wave is coming, even if we can't yet say how high or how fast it will be. But then... The plates shift beneath the ocean floor. This can take years, a decade or more, and something murky and unanswerable rears up, just under the surface what of the your hell consciousness, is happening? unknown, and yet profoundly <laughs> is certain. Is it a poem? Or... <laughs> this is a New Yorker book review. Um, so it goes on to talk about uh, one of these books is written from the conceit that uh, Antarctica is our mother. Um. In the book The Quickening, Creation and Community at the End of the Earth, the title carries a double meaning. Quickening yes, I'm refers
4: familiar. to the, Orwell, I believe.
3: The moment when a pregnant woman first feels her baby stirring inside her and to the terrifying acceleration of climate change that is especially palpable in Antarctica. The central paradox of the quickening is the private urge toward the creation of human life, coexisting with intimations of its okay. imminent destruction. Should I have a child? Their greenhouse gas emissions will cause roughly 50 square meters of sea ice to melt every year that they are alive, Rush writes. Just by existing, they will make the world a little less livable for everyone, themselves included. Rush was a Pulitzer finalist for her previous book, Rising Dispatches from the New American Shore, which focused on the kinds of low-lying coastal communities that would be decimated by the collapse of this thing in Antarctica. Uh, Her expertise means she can have no illusions about the threats posed by climate change. And yet her urge toward parenthood reveals the usefulness of such illusions. She encouraged This goes on and on. But basically, they do decide that they do want to have children after all, but they can't explain why and they have guilt about it. So they go on and on about this. Um, Alice? Yes.
2: Um... My
3: advice would be just have kids if you feel like you want to have kids. Don't. It doesn't have to be a big moral dilemma about Antarctica.
2: Did you um because of self preservation reasons I am moving my mm-hmm. mind out of the quickening conversation because I've I can't can't You know what else? Yep. See what happened there? You
3: pulled the emergency alarm?
2: Exactly. I have a question for you. You'll
3: recognize this, though, for sure. Um, the, The person who is trying to decide whether or not to have children is necessarily operating from an impoverished epistemic position. As Paul has written, the content of the state of seeing and touching your own newborn child carry with it an epistemically unique and personally transformative phenomenological character. In other words, you cannot know ahead of time what it is that you are choosing. You haven't even met the people you are choosing for, not your future child, not your transformed future parent self, and not the parent self whom your partner, if you have one, will become. That's what you thought when you were trying to decide whether or not to have kids, right? Uh, yes. You were very concerned about your impoverished, epistemic yes, position. Yes, <laughs> yes.
2: Thank God we overcame that.
3: <sighs> Whew. So, yeah. I mean, Alice, I getting... think they're overthinking.
2: I would say so. <laughs> we would get back kids. to this girl on the, on the flight. Mm-hmm. So, once again, listen to this. Okay. This is the passenger force will performed oral sex. That happened on a five-hour flight mm-hmm. on Phobita Airlines. The man sitting next to her in economy class initially tried to resist her to push her away. Uh-huh. She pulled down his trousers, trousers and committed violent acts of his sexual nature. Later, the neighbor stopped resisting. <laughs> All this happened in front of the flight attendants and other passengers. <laughs> Surprisingly, the flight attendants waited until the end of the action. Until the end of the action, like some sign of, like out of respect.
3: When the flight landed and they tried to get her off, she tried to bribe the crew with a hundred dollar bill.
2: She waited till the end of the action and only then moved Valeria. (laughs) Her name is further away. (laughs) So when they waited, they like out of international law, saying once it once they're going and he's into it. I mean, you gotta come on, Mm -hmm. Sally. Um, Sally. But I
3: did like this part of the story. Okay.
2: Can you let Pepper out? Thank you. Well, uh, no, but before, hold on. Okay. She looks like the twin sister of somebody who I'm familiar with. Who? And it's kind of, <laughs> as a matter of fact, thinking back, it's kind of ironic. Um,
3: but I do like this. The woman fought back and did not Alice, want to leave. She's her new a companion dead ringer for you. And another male passenger was deputized to guard her for the rest of the flight. Reports said she had been... was a
2: line to be the deputy?
3: (laughs) Reports said she had been intoxicated when she boarded the flight in Turkey. And during the flight, she scratched the flight crew and smoked an e-cigarette despite repeated demands that she stop. She told the media she had no regrets over her antics on the plane. Everything was fine. She said, I had a good time on the plane. Uh, She was fined 500 rubles over her behavior. She tried to bribe the flight crew with a $100 bill, but the uh, stewardess put the bank note this is from the Daily Mail so they call it a bank note in the yeah. rubbish bin and she then emptied the trash onto the floor of the plane to retrieve her $100 bill that they didn't want to take from should her I, should I
2: not be liking her I'll... why don't
3: she I... look sl- exactly like my wife?
2: Is it, this is
3: I'm sorry you like her
4: okay <laughs> uh...
2: I'm going to walk away from this um, topic now, Alice. This okay. can only serve to disturb everybody and everything. All right, Alice, do you have the hot sauce now? or
3: That is the Chelsea Fire Wicked hot sauce. Yes, indeed. They Why bring does us you look The so Chelsea much like Fire you? Wicked
2: hotline. I aren't don't your, know. Aren't, isn't Serbia over there somewhere?
3: Yeah, it's hmm. in the region. The mm-hmm.
2: hmm. region, huh? <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Hope you're ready.
3: I'm so ready.
1: Hi. Steve from Merrimack. Hey, two things. One, I don't get that person's hate for the Arctic monkeys. Uh Arctic Monkeys first record came out in two thousand six. So they've been around a long time. Oh. And they are like one of my absolute
2: favorite bands. Really. Uh,
3: so what was the other band that they that they? I turned off the weekend.
2: Oh, I see. That's oh, that you're you can't not allowed do
3: that. to turn off the weekend to put okay. on the Arctic Monkeys.
2: Okay, we have to listen to the Arctic Monkeys. I think they've got five albums. No,
3: oh. but I and, think they're uh, white, Steve. I think that's the issue. Oh.
1: Uh, but everyone pretty much agrees that the first album is a masterpiece. So I would recommend oh, wow. checking that out. I will the check. The title it out. is whatever people say I am. That's what I'm not, and it's got. Uh, a great song called Dance in Shoes, and it's also got, uh, I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor. Those are the two of the singles from that record, but the whole record's great. Uh, secondly, <laughs> uh, talk about the, uh, the beta pot calling the beta kettle black. <laughs> you think a Manhattan is a beta drink? You absolute pussy. What? Oh, by the way, this is the same guy who a couple episodes ago was going, Well, you know, I was out and about, walking around Newburyport, and I was looking for a Bloody Mary. Oh, because I'm a wee girl, and I enjoy Bloody Berries so low. I don't and let so us funny. also not forget that this is the same guy who, when he was grabbing every nip in sight, you had some of the worst nips ever. Excuse me, barkeep. Excuse me, shopkeeper. Do <laughs> any <Johnny> peach schnapps, <laughs> go for rumplemints? I would greatly appreciate some gold slug nips. <laughs> oh, thank you, my sweet man. <laughs> you,
2: you, you absolute <laughs> load <pant-low>
1: queen.
2: <laughs> what? Thank you. How come? Do I sound like Tiny Tim when <laughs> I speak? <laughs> yes. I really? <laughs> oh. I don't know. Ah.
1: <sighs> Well, I have no idea
2: if this is going to be an honor or an execution, but I'm back on the KMS show this Friday, Tom. Here we go.
3: Very exciting.
2: One more appearance than you had, and right. uh, who knows? It could be it could my a personal shot there. Yeah. Wow. Not the first one either. Since he's been uh, KMSified, he's been very uppity, I've noticed. The last one, but he's big hey, let's time ride here. this wave as long as it goes, right? We'll have to save these recordings because you'll be too cool to be doing them for
4: much longer.
2: Justice system, Alice. Okay.
4: Hey, I'm Tom and Alice. I yeah. saw Tammy Sitch, also known as um, Sunny in the wrestling world, got 17 years mm-hmm. for her uh, DUI uh, and it wow. involved. Uh, she killed somebody well, with go. that DUI. We just had a
3: DUI years. outside our house last night, as a matter of fact.
4: Yeah, wasn't that interesting?
3: I like want to check the police log and see what it says now because they were out there for a yeah. really long time. I did a, f- time. a flyby
2: on foot and the woman said, I did everything you asked me to do very well. How? 17 years. It was a long DUI, too. She was out there for like two hours. I get the yes. feeling that she like somehow texted her lawyer. It or seemed
3: something. like they let her leave at the end of it. Did they? I think so. I never saw a tow truck. Wow. Unless she had somebody else come to pick up the car.
2: I don't Maybe know. She's
4: the one of the very powerful. That's how we value somebody's life that was taken? Seventeen years? I guess so. what what, what is wrong with our justice system? Well it doesn't make any sense. We're lucky she's in jail at all. Like <clears throat> hell. <clears throat> my my brother's ex wife is still out out. She, she's not, she has not served any time whatsoever, and she keeps on getting drug bust after drug bust. Because here's yeah, the thing, all the drugs she, have
3: been decriminalized yeah, now. There's yeah. no no no. There's no such thing as drug crimes
4: anymore. Really? Or shoplifting, pleads She get, gets a deal, and she uh, <clears throat> snitches somebody out. There you go. You know, they found her See? with possession of uh, meth. So, yeah, she's a real great mom. Sweet. Anyway, yeah. What's wrong with our justice system? Jeez.
2: I don't want to be insulting, Alice. Mm -hmm. Okay, I shouldn't say this. But if the woman on the plane... Yes? I am against human trafficking.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you for that disclaimer.
2: Thank you. But my feeling is this. If the woman on the plane... There's a time when the fellow stopped resisting. Yes. It was at that point mm-hmm. where she could have been holding more than $100, probably.
3: I'm not totally sure. I understand exactly what you're
2: When he decided, wow, this attractive woman who looks just like Ella Shattuck um, <laughs> is actually making this flight fantastic. <laughs> at that point. She could have renegotiated the deal.
3: <laughs> you think so? I would say so. Okay.
2: It's a, it's a rule. I'm
3: glad you're still thinking about this, honey.
2: Yeah, well. Once again, I can't comment any further on this. <laughs> I could, and I really want to.
3: You can tell I'll save me that after. For the,
2: well, you know. I want to tell everybody else, but I can't. I'll, I'll put it on the OnlyFans. Hey, guys, how would you classify Jimmy Cotter's term in office? He was the first president of my lifetime. I was born in 77, so I really don't know much about him. I mean, I remember growing up, Reagan was the guy that everybody loved, but I never heard much about Cotter. Was it just a dull full years? Was there anything interesting that he did? Any insight on him would be awesome.
3: Uh, well, I wasn't there for his presidency either, but I'll tell you that my impression of his presidency, mm-hmm. from what I know about, is energy crisis, Iran hostage crisis, super high interest rates, terrible inflation.
2: In in blaming Americans for complaining, but he the was national, a, national malaise. But he was
3: a nice and decent right. person with a peanut farm.
2: Exactly. That's, That's pretty much all I know. <laughs> pretty much right. But it was people learned their lesson quickly and we had uh three or three terms of Republican presidents consecutively after that. Um but the other thing is about Jimmy Carter was he did have a policy victory in the Sadat Anwar Sadat um Egypt uh, Israel um accords, I guess mm. we would call it. But uh, but, but can I say something else? There's like this thing now that, oh, Melania Trump wore gray to uh, Rosalind Carter's uh, wedding. I'm sorry. Funeral. Sorry, funeral. <laughs> Same thing, right? Um, and I don't know that that's a thing. Like, who cares what color you wear? I thought
3: the three colors that you're allowed to wear for mourning traditionally were black, gray, and purple. I
2: don't, I don't know. but
3: That's what I learned.
2: But, you know, Jimmy Carter should not have been there. He looked like a gasping corpse. It's like, come on! Stop this! Jeez. Sorry about that. Sorry about that.
1: Hi, Steve from Aramek. I just wanted to let you know that the voicemail service SpeakPipe, I don't know if it's just on my end, but when I leave a message, I can't listen to it back for... Uh, let's just say quality control reasons, <laughs> uh, it won't play the message back. So just wanted you to know that. This is two days in a
2: row. Thank you, Steve. Uh, just wondering if it's just mm-hmm. on my end. I
3: put Thank Tom you. in control. of. I checking. sent that
2: to Alice, screenshot it yesterday, and assumed yeah, that she was bring up with people. and I was doing other
3: stuff, and I said, uh, can you test and see if you can replicate the issue?
2: So I can record right here, right? Sure. Um, but then
3: you need to test if you can play it back. Okay. Is what Steve said.
2: Okay. Allow. Hola. It's Tom. Good day. Think, hi. Steve from Merrimack. <laughs> okay. I like fruity drinks when I go to the uh, Thirsty Whale. Okay. Stop. <laughs> um, save my recording, but I can play it back. Allow. Hola. It's Tom. Good day. Think, hi. Steve from Merrimack. <laughs> okay. I like fruity drinks when I go to the uh, Thirsty Whale. Okay. <laughs> you know it works for us steve i don't know what's going on so uh, is there a little help thing where you can ask the thing alice will troubleshoot that tonight steve. i apologize <laughs>
3: my hands are a little full can you
2: work on it I, I well we need his him to have a a clear path to making this thing work again i will uh, yes i will look into it
3: <laughs> thank you for looking into it honey i'm sure it will be resolved in no time at all steve thank you with tom on the case um Anyway, if you want to do that, you can leave a speak by message at burnbarrelpodcast.com. You can also find links there to all different places to listen to the show. Um, You can watch videos on YouTube, on Rumble. If you want to join us in the live chat and live stream, that's at patreon.com slash burnbarrel, where you can also get a little extra content each week. Live chat and live
5: stream,
3: that's at patreon.com slash burnbarrel, where you can also get a little extra content each week.